Welcome to Saleh Family Speaks. Hey, I'm Sana. And I'm Mohammed William. And we are the, the Saleh, Saleh Family. We are social media influencers, content creators, and we own multiple online businesses. We seem to have a lot to say when it comes to just about anything. We are a mixed culture Muslim couple from Canada, and we're always asked about how our lives intertwine with the world around us. This podcast is all about learning to live, love, and laugh in a way that may have you rolling on the floor or throwing your phone at the wall. No topic is off the table, religion, culture, love life, and everything in between. So get ready and grab a big old cup of chai. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode four of Saleh Family Speaks. If you've come this far, you kind of know a little bit about who we are as a couple. And in this episode, we will be talking about a political hot-button topic, which is Islamophobia from the perspective of my wife being a born Muslim and myself being a born just like person thing <laughs> kind of me so uh, he was born non-muslim <laughs> so stay tuned and uh grab a big old thing of popcorn and get ready all right so let's start this off uh in case somebody doesn't know what islamophobia means let's read the textbook google dictionary on what it means so islamophobia is the dislike of or prejudice against islam or muslims especially as a political force Interesting to note, um, which is really funny. Be, well, I guess it's not a funny thing, but dealing with what we're dealing with now with everything going on in the world, I think it's time to sit back and kind of talk a little bit about why these issues come about. Because unfortunately, like especially for the, I won't say white world, but the Western world, um, we really only see kind of one side of the whole spectrum in the media. Yeah, and I feel like media, well, I think everybody at this point knows that the media is heavily controlled and they'll tell you what they want you to hear. Um, and for many, 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 many years uh, going back, especially around 9-11, Muslims were painted with a very negative picture. Mm. Um, so did you, have, did you have to deal with, uh, I, I like to use like 9-11 as kind of the I know the that point, was kind right? of that was kind of the peak of Islamophobia. But, but I think. prior to that, growing up, did you ever experience what you would consider to be no. like, Islamophobia? No, no. even in a, a community of like predominantly white. Nope. Christian. No, I would say that some kids made fun of me because I was brown, but <laughs> brown and hairy mm -hmm. <laughs> and thin, uh, but nothing to do with Islam. No, it was nine eleven was like the turning point i think it was it was what today. started everything and that is from that point forward like i feel like every muslim's life changed okay so on instagram this year i made a post talking about 9-11 um obviously always remembering those who were lost on this day it is it weighs heavily on everybody's hearts i think everybody that knows about the tragedy they will feel the same way but i also kind of wrote it in perspective of a, a turning point for muslims because the lives of Muslims were forever changed after 9-11. And I can seriously say that every Muslim probably on earth felt that impact um, because people didn't look at us the same. People didn't think of us the same. Um, yeah, there was just so much that changed. And I remember you, Will, when we first met, you, your impression of Muslims was very much the same thing. Um, I was the first Muslim that you ever met. And what was your opinion on Muslims prior to meeting me? So obviously prior to 9-11, I didn't know anything about Muslims. I didn't know anything about the religion of Islam. Um, and post 9-11, obviously that changed. In my house, it was all about the news, about the media outlets. 
um, were on the TV 24-7. So what I got out of it was the negative side, which is interesting because you have almost 2 billion people and the whole religion in and of itself is based around acts of kindness and acts of charity and, and you know, feeding the hungry and the needy. But you, n I never heard of any of that up until like our discussions later on. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is the media wants to paint a completely different picture and they want to paint Muslims as these extremists. They kill everybody. They blow up buildings. They drive planes into air or sorry, they drive planes. <laughs> they fly planes into buildings. If they drove them, it'd be going pretty <laughs> slow. The building would probably be fine. But. Anyway, so all of these things, um, people see, quote unquote, Muslims supposedly doing these things. And then everybody starts to think that all Muslims are the same. But you know what's funny is people don't think of it as there's 1.89 or something billion Muslims in the world. And if that was the case, if everybody, if every Muslim wanted to kill people, I'm pretty sure everybody would be dead by now. Well, you know, it's honestly because <laughs> it's obviously not true. Yeah, you have to think about it from the opposite perspective as well. And that's where, like I always love to play um, the kind of devil's advocate. Uh, that's the word I was looking for. Devil's advocate. Um, and, and I. I always like to talk about the other side because people from the West or people that are sitting and listening and watching the media, they are getting an accurate representation of a particular act being committed. And if whether it's in France or whether it's in Nairobi or whether wherever it is, when there are religious extremists who are using our book or, or the words of the prophet, peace be upon him, to justify their evil actions... Um, I think we, that conversation needs to be opened up even more. But you also have to look at it in this perspective. They, the media has never, just like you, you said in the beginning, has never, never shown Muslims. The majority of Muslims, they've never shown them on the media. Yeah, but see, that's, that's the problem. They've shown this teeny tiny little kind of sect of people that so-called so call themselves Muslims. Exactly, and when, when Allah tells us in the Quran that, oh, you who believe, you Muslims, you have been selected and raised up for the guidance of mankind. Pause there for a moment and think, how are we supposed to guide mankind? Well, the one way we can do that is to stand up and speak out against this and be able to give the proofs and the evidences to say, wait a second, guys, if it's, if it's a white person, a white Christian killing people in New Zealand, it's not a t an act of terrorism. Why? Well, it, it's mental illness. Or remember in Las Vegas, the guy shot up the the, yeah, the thing. That part, or the yeah, that the party music thing. festival. Yeah, killed like fifty people. Mm -hmm. Never not called a terrorist, him a terrorist, right? No. Now, does that is that because of and then religion? same with the Quebec mosque attacks? That was a straight up hate crime. Mm -hmm. But um, not very an act si of very terrorism. Si very similar to New Zealand. But the funny thing is, is it's never an act of terrorism mm -hmm. unless it's quote unquote someone with a Muslim name. Mm -hmm. Someone with a beard, someone that comes from an Arab country, it's its not called terrorism. So I don't know if that's a compliment, though. A be compliment. Yeah, because they're saying, they're saying, wait a second, no, a Muslim can't be mentally ill. That They can't be mentally ill, so they have to be a terrorist. Whereas the opposite side of that coin is like, if you're white, there's no way you could be a terrorist. You must just be mentally ill. Mm-hmm. So I guess all white people are just mentally ill when they commit an evil act of, of craziness. Of hate. It's sad. It's really sad. And if you think of, I can't remember where it was. I'm pretty sure it was in France. Um, I was reading an article and um, a Muslim had posted this about a white supremacist who uh, was completely anti-Muslim and anti-Semitic and all these different things. 
um, very racist dude who committed some crimes, murdered some people, and was yelling Allahu Akbar at the same time. And he admittedly said he did that because he wanted to frame Muslims. Yeah. Admittedly said he wanted he said that so that it would pl- be plastered all over the media that this guy was a Muslim, even though he was not, did. because he hated Muslims. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just oh my gosh. Well, if we if we look at what's it's going scary. on in France right now, um, it is scary because if we look back even further and we look at what happened during the reign of Adolf Hitler in Nazi Germany, how did they create this monster of the Third Reich in terms of like? They turn the people against each other, is mm-hmm. what they did. They turn the German people against the Jews, against these other um, lesser type people, and that's honestly that's what you're seeing in France right now. It's not. Firstly, a government should stay out of it. In terms, you know, you are a government elected by the people. The Muslims vote as well. They, you know, they're part of the country, whether like it or not. And that's not just Muslims. It's Jews. It's Christians. It's everybody. Um, but they're all voting in a government who's supposed to represent them as a as the French people. So when you're now you're you're siding with a particular group and plastering hateful cartoons um, on your government buildings and saying nope, this is freedom of expression. Really, what you're saying is that no, you're now you've now become a marginalized people in our country. You are not us, mm-hmm. and that's completely wrong. And that's what happened in Nazi Germany is that they 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 drew drove this divide uh, between the people that you are not us and we so you know and then the violence continued and continued and continued and it became normalized it's scary is what it is episode is brought to you by Lala Hijabs, a handmade Canadian-based fresh hijab line offering some of the coolest and trendiest designs inspired by tie-dye. Lala Hijabs carries all of the things you will ever need for your hijab closet, including the softest jersey hijabs, rated nothing less than five stars, of course, to the strongest hijab magnets and everything in between. Check them out at lalahijabs.com. And be sure to use the coupon code SALEHFAMILYSPEAKS for 10% off your first purchase. So my opinion is that there is some kind of obvious agenda because it's been an ongoing thing. And, you know, France is the one place where you can't wear niqab, you can't cover your face as a Muslim, (laughs) but you somehow can't walk around without a face mask. So it's the only country in the world where you will get fined for covering your face and you'll get fined for not covering your face. Yeah, it's that should tell you the logic behind this whole thing. Very logical, apparently. Um, and you know, me being a quote unquote new hijabi, I've only been wearing hijab for about seven, eight years. Um, it would be seriously terrifying to wear Mm -hmm. hijab there. I I would be so uncomfortable to wear hijab there that I would be looking around kind of like terrified all the time. And no one is talking about the terror attacks on the two innocent women also, at the Eiffel Tower yeah. that just happened recently. They were stabbed. Those people, they were with their family, like seven people, including children, and the people that stabbed the innocent women 
uh, were screaming things like, go back to your own country, you don't belong here, dirty Arabs, just disgusting things yeah. like that. And, and that, no one is talking about and that. And that confirms the point that I was making, that it's now, it's it's creating such a division between people mm-hmm. that now, like, the, the white French people um, are looking at the Muslims now because... Obviously, for us, there's we have telltale signs, right? A hijabi girl, a niqabi woman, a beard, a beard, you know, a, a cap, whatever. Yeah, um, easy but, to identify. Well, us. exactly. So now, now we've become a target for them. But this, it's it's not about freedom, because if it was about freedom, then back a few years ago, when that poor Muslim woman was forced to strip down on a beach by the police mm-hmm. because they wouldn't allow her to wear something, uh, she was wearing. She was a covered up. She was covered up. Um, and they forced her in front of all these people to start taking her clothes off Ugh. because that's somehow freedom. That's freedom. Yeah. Like, is that what we think freedom is? Is, is freedom not? Um, Isn't freedom be- to choose if you want to cover up or not cover up? <laughs> you would like, think. no, for real. Like that's, is, is that not freedom? If you feel uncomfortable and you want to cover your body up, go ahead. But why is it only one way? Like, well, that's, to me, that's it doesn't point. make any sense. And I think, you know, we look at, we look at history and we think that these things like for example uh, world war ii it was so long ago right it was it's beyond our comprehension to even compare that to today but we we look at the french and what they did in algeria right in the 1960s they killed 1.5 million people to the point they were bringing heads back and if you there's museums in france that have lit they have skull rows of skulls of people that they had killed and they and if you look at what had happened there they were shooting them in the streets like dogs oh Um, my god and so like think about that 1960 my mom was born in 61 your mom was born in 54 so they would have been babies when this was taking place so this is your grandma this is your grandpa this is so now imagine they're the the kids like us Mm -hmm. or 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 people like that's that's not that long ago no it's not that long ago so that don't think that the the french government or a french society is somehow just cleansed of the atrocities that they've committed through colonialization and mm-hmm. and the and the brits the same thing like mm-hmm. i'm british i'm mm-hmm. i'm actually french as well so nah, 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 nah. i can talk about this <laughs> technically you're french you have some and, and i got some german in me too yeah, so yeah. i can i can you're, talk about you're a good mix of european that's right so i can call my own people out for what we've done yeah and, and but again it's not to say that what is happening when a an individual attacks another individual um, you don't blame a whole religion on that. Well, especially if the religion says the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Like you're not allowed to harm people, mm-hmm. innocent people. Mm-hmm. Even in when you're at war mm-hmm. in Islam, you are not allowed to attack anyone that is not an enemy combatant. Mm-hmm. So what he's referring to is uh, the cartoon that was drawn of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And there was, I don't know if he was a student or a teenager or something, mm-hmm. became angered. Yeah, whoever it was became angered and beheaded a teacher, which is absolutely horrific and disturbs me to my core it Mm -hmm. makes me disgusted and like it literally gives me goosebumps because it's just so gross and horrifying and muslims around the world obviously condemn that because you cannot kill an individual Mm -hmm. in islam it is like one of the gravest sins and it's way up there to kill to kill like that it is it's not okay even the obviously the verse of the quran that if you were to take one innocent life it's as if you've killed the entire humanity but the prophet peace be upon him said um to paraphrase that if you are oppressive and you harm and hurt a non-muslim people 
then you won't even come close to paradise. You won't even smell the fragrance of paradise. Right. So what are we dealing with here? We're dealing with people who are sick. They don't understand mm -hmm. their own religion. Mentally They've, ill. Exactly. You obviously. Ha you, you have, have groups to of people. Oh, for, would you, to mm -hmm. kill someone like that? Oh, my gosh. You have a pro and to say you're doing it out of love for the prophet, peace be upon mm -hmm. him, who was a man who never killed anybody, mm -hmm. right? And that you, if you look at the books of his life, um, that he himself he he went he went to battle for sure he was a he was a commander of the Muslim army. Mm -hmm. Your commander is not out in front. Your commander is protected in the back, obviously running the show. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and people like to they like to use things, different events. They don't understand the historical context. They don't even understand the actual events themselves. Um, a man who was sent to mankind to correct the character of mankind. A man who cried at night for the future generations to come mm -hmm. uh, i mean like a man who 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 literally he got mad at some people that were burning some ants do you mm -hmm. remember that mm -hmm. like that is the compassion the compassion that he had even towards animals um and he was so kind-hearted and the sad thing is is now this individual whoever this individual was people are obviously saying he's muslim whatever they want to say and now Everybody in the entire world wants every single Muslim to apologize apologize yeah. for the act of Did one condone, person. Did you condone Did it? you condone it? And we're like, I don't even know who this dude is and why he committed this. And the sad thing is, is no one, no one was out there saying, well, the New Zealand shooter, yeah. why isn't anybody apologizing on behalf of him? Did all the what white about folks the Quebec? Apologize? Yeah, what about the Quebec shooter? What about every single mass shooting that happens in the States? Why isn't the whole world, you Which know what is, I mean? Which is, by the way, predominantly white males mm -hmm. committing those mm -hmm. acts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have, nothing to, we have nothing to apologize if for. If it has nothing to do with our prophet, if it has nothing to do with our religion, why on earth should we be obligated to stand up every time something happens and be like, you know what? Yeah, we're sorry for that. Mm -hmm. No. If, if, for example a Muslim scholar who'd studied, by the way, that you don't see these people doing this, uh, they've studied the religion their entire life. If they stand up and they say something and they say, here is this thing, we're supposed to do this, and they, and they do it, mm -hmm. right? We should stand up against that. Mm -hmm. We should say that, wait a second, right? You're doing something in the name of our religion. But now you have people, they don't eat, probably, don't, probably don't even pray five times a day. They don't know anything about the religion in, in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And I'm supposed to stand up every time that happens. Mm -hmm. and, and literally, we get called out so many times. Did you condone? Or did, do you condemn yeah. it? Did you stand up against it? Did you, you know? Like, it's, buddy, are you kidding me? Of, of course we're upset about it. We're just as angry as you are. But does that mean we have to apologize for something one individual did in Europe that I don't even know who it is? But again, you're, they're you, not even connected to anything. What they want is for us to apologize on behalf of our faith. But our faith does not condone. It does not accept such an act. Mm -hmm. So it yeah, literally it doesn't, doesn't accept make, it. It's an oxymoron. To the point where, it, just like we mentioned, it is a grave sin to commit mm -hmm. something like that. And now let's just like let's just jump back to the talk about extremism because now mm -hmm. people on here are going to listen and they're going to be like, okay, well, obviously you're saying that Muslims are peaceful people, mm -hmm. like it is a great sin in Islam to harm someone, even if it's mentally, physically, whatever. But then why are there people out there saying I'm Muslim and I commit these things? Mm -hmm. Like why are they? Why do these people exist? Yeah, and I think you have to look at it perspectively, right? Because if we look at the Crusades. When the Crusaders came to Jerusalem, they slaughtered the entire city, 70,000 people. And in, the, in, in the, the journals of the Crusaders, it said that in Masjid al-Aqsa, that the blood was up to their ankles. Oh, my filled God. Filled the entire place, right? Wow. Killed everyone. Didn't matter who they were. 
Now, we don't look at the Christians today and say, you terrible people, look what you did. We don't Mm -hmm. talk about the Inquisition where you were burning people at the stake just because they didn't accept what you wanted them to believe. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about the extermination of the indigenous peoples of South America by the conquistadors uh, in the name of God, right? Mm -hmm. We just forget the history. Forget about it. Okay, fine. Well, let's move to today. Um, There's going to be bad apples using whatever they want for their own agenda. mm Mm-hmm. That's I think that's, that's the key here. That's the definition of, of terrorism yeah. is when is when a group uses Anyone. something, an ideology, whether it be um, the Islam, Bible, Christianity, it be, yeah. when they use it, and it's normally always for political gain. Yeah. But if it's against the context, if it's against the entire essence of the Quran and, and religion the Bible in and of and itself, religion, yeah. most definitely you have people who take things out of context. And we deal with this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see a verse that says, kill them wherever you find them. Why are we going to read the verses before and the verses after? Are we just going to leave it at that? Well, mm-hmm. no, we're just going to leave it at that. Okay, we're going to talk about what did the prophet, peace be upon him, what did he say about that verse? What mm-hmm. was the context? Because with the Quran, you have verses that are are, are universal and, and applied f- to For all the all time. Times. But you also have verses that are... Um, Revealed for that specific moment time place. in time, 1,400 yeah. years ago. Exactly. So certain events that happened and something was revealed about that. And it's meant it stays there. But the lesson carries on, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. lesson of, for example, the Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions were mercil- mercilessly tortured and persecuted and killed. Um, and then when he came, when they, when they came to Mecca back after 10 after years migrating. or so, he came back with an army of 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. And when he came into the city, what did he say? Mm-hmm. He said, Which, what, what should I do with you? And the people said, well, surely you're going you're gonna to kill us, like with retribution, payback. And he said, no. He said, uh, today is a day of mercy. Like mm-hmm. y- y- anybody who wants to be saved and mm-hmm. not fight, mm-hmm. go here, go there, go here, go there. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to stay, it's obviously that you want to fight, mm-hmm. right? So even at that time, such mercy was shown to the people mm-hmm. who had killed his family members and tortured and again Mm -hmm. like i mentioned um right in front of his own eyes for sure and then but again we take that as you know what that's going to apply today no it doesn't mean you get to just go and do what you want um and i think that falls on the ignorance of muslims that we don't understand our own faith Mm -hmm. um and for sure when you have someone who doesn't know something and you have other groups of people and this isn't even to get into the whole conspiracy theory side of of everything that goes on in the world because mm-hmm. if we think that everything happens exactly how it happens as we're told we would be pretty darn foolish yep right i mean yeah. do we do we think about the fact that the cia brought the plan in the 1960s to fly to hijack american airliners this is declassified cia documents to hijack American airliners full of people and fly them into buildings and blame it on Cuba in order to justify the invasion of Cuba. And when they brought it to JFK, he freaked out and said, absolutely not, right? But then we fast forward to 2001. What happened? It's the same it's thing It's the happened. same thing. Interesting. Scary, man. Which, in- which, which justified the invasion of Iraq and the killing of millions of innocent people. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about that, right? But what we're going to talk about is the fact that extremism exists. And I think that Muslims need to be able to recognize. We need to be able to know and understand our own faith. Even then, that, and that's the thing, right? You see, like the simple people from the villages back in, mm-hmm. in Pakistan, these places. There's none of that for them. It's very simple. Religion is very easy to so understand. So simple. Wake up, pray, eat, plant. Show some food. compassion, love, feed the yeah. hungry. Right. All of these basic. <laughs> go home. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that 
terrorism is one thing. It, it's unacceptable in Islam. And, and, it, and it doesn't belong to any religion. No one should ever say that a terrorist is a Muslim, mm -hmm. that a terrorist is a Christian, that a terrorist is a Jew. No one should ever say any of that because none of that matters. It has its own category and you can't classify a people's associated with it other than that person. That's it. Straight yeah. up. And if it's they, just strictly terrorism. Call it, it for what yeah. it is. And they like to think that, well, you know what, you guys are just lying. It's not your, not your real agenda. But maybe, maybe many people don't know, but when the Islamic State, if that's what you can call them, ISIS, when they were in their, their, their heat, their heyday a few years back, there was a, a fatwa that was issued and signed by over 300 scholars from different countries condemning these people, saying mm -hmm. that their actions have nothing to do with the religion of Islam. Mm -hmm. Scholars. Scholars. Not made up people that just be like, hey, I'm just going to sign this. No, no, they spent their whole life studying Islam, and they're the ones signing this document. Yeah, saying but that doesn't matter, us. right? Because it just doesn't matter. Apparently it doesn't matter. Yeah. So we, we need to be clear on, on how we deal with it. It's like, if you're a Muslim, you cannot be mentally ill. If you're white... You cannot be a terrorist. Mm -hmm. You can only be mentally ill. Such a double standard. <laughs> it's sad. What if you're white and Muslim? Then you're screwed. <laughs> it's like, I'm white, so I can't be a terrorist. But I'm a Muslim, so I can't be mentally ill. So what happens if I do something bad? <laughs> like, I'm totally screwed. You're I, totally I don't even screwed. know what. They have to create a new classification. Yeah. And so let's go back a little bit. So now that we've kind of chit-chatted a little bit about the extremism side, um, the terrorist side, and how that does not equal Islam... Now let's look at it on the opposite coin and how all of those things now end up in a Muslim's life and how they are impacted by it and how Muslims became impacted by 9-11 mm -hmm. and all of these other, every single time something happens like this, like the recent things that happened in France and how that impacts a Muslim. And looking back at my family, um, things really did shake things up for us. Like we were in a post small, yeah, post 9-11, we were in a small town. And when I say small, you guys, I mean like we had like one Walmart, a couple McDonald's. And that's a long <laughs> time to get Walmart. A like, couple Tim Hortons. That, yeah, Walmart's not that old. Yeah, it's, it's not that old. Recent. Yeah, so it's a really small town. So very white. Like mm -hmm. that town was very white. You obviously grew up there. So well, you that, know. that actual, that whole valley was actually. Very white. Well, it was rated the, the white, like per capita, the whitest part of yeah, the country. Yeah, very white. Yeah. So being a Muslim family there was obviously we were kind of, you know, minority. Mm -hmm. um, and when it happened, I remember a couple different snippets. Now, like my memory is not the greatest. You know that. Um, but I do remember certain snippets of my life that just really impacted me. And one of them was, um, uh, my sister had carved, uh, the, our last name, my, my maiden name was actually Muhammad. And, um, she had carved out of wood, the, our last name named Muhammad. And it was outside of our front, like front, uh, outside of our house hung on in front of the door. And I remember when, when, uh, people started seeing that after 9-11, we got a letter in the mail, anonymous and it said something about go back to your own country. You don't belong here. <laughs> something, something. My dad take, took it to the police station and said, take that down. Like, you don't want to be, you don't want people to know who you are, where you live. He's we, so we simple. He's probably like, just like fingerprint it and go yeah, find the guy. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And the police officer was like, there's nothing we can do. Like, yeah. we can't, we don't know who just send this. So my dad, yourself. yeah, my dad was obviously scared, you know. Mm -hmm. And then another scenario that happened was my mom and dad were downtown. My dad had gone somewhere. I can't remember where he went, but my mom was walking down the street and a, and a big man with a big dog was walking down the street too and shoved my mom off of the sidewalk 
onto the road and said, go back to your own country. You don't belong here. And she was shaken to the core, mm-hmm. shaken to the core. She ran, told my dad. Two hours later, he goes downtown looking for the guy. And I'm like, he's not going to be there. <laughs> but regardless, it shook her so much that she reconsidered wearing hijab. At that point, my dad kind of like sat down my family and was like, you're not wearing hijab. Like mm-hmm. no one's going to wear hijab. At that point, I wasn't wearing hijab. My sisters weren't wearing it. My mom was not really wearing it. And we just all kind of mutually decided like this is going to be we kind of have to live with this. Like we don't want to be singled out. We don't want to have a target on our heads, literally. Um, and so we didn't wear it. And then I grew up. I met you and I started to become more spiritual and started to kind of understand Islam a little bit more. And that's when I consciously made the decision to wear it um, and wanted to be identified as a Muslim. But it is not easy. No, it's in, in, in like the this is Canada where it's supposed to be the most liberal, the yeah. most open, mosaic, and accepting and, yeah. and all this sort of stuff, right? And it's it's not. I you know I we have a government now that likes to sow division amongst people, even now, like today, mm-hmm. um, and I find it very wrong that everyone just keeps quiet about it that we don't talk about it i've tried to sit down with like the the white supremacist groups um and and have a discourse uh didn't get very far so a lot of people they just even today like literally today um on a uh, facebook page that i follow i'm a member of uh, i got basically someone was posting something about guns and 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 they said about the mayor in London, and and then they said, and he's Muslim, by the way, like to talk smack about him. So I comment, I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? He's mm-hmm. Muslim, who cares? Like, if he's an idiot, he's an idiot. If he's not, he's not, whatever. And then so somebody commented, and they said, well, you know, that it's tr- it's a traditional thing for Muslims to carry a knife on them, and that can be used in a deadly way whenever they see fit. And I'm like, dude, like... What on earth? Where does that even come from? Sikh people carry a Sikh knife. Sikh people carry one. As part of their faith. And they're not Muslim. And they're not Muslim. <laughs> Um, it's part of their religion yeah so this whole thing went back and forth and then literally the guy's like well f you then i don't even care and so i said well here comes your true colors it wasn't that hard to find mm-hmm. right uh, and then then it, eventually he went back and deleted everything and you know and I, and I said like my grandfather fought in the second world war and he did all three major campaigns for the canadians and the paratroopers um fighting behind enemy lines and so what i don't deserve to be in this country like i'm white irish i'm supposed to go back to ireland because for what like mm-hmm. dude mm-hmm. <laughs> but now you're a muslim so you apparently don't belong anymore well exactly it's because just because of my faith i all of a sudden don't belong in the country that i'm yeah. three three four generations mm-hmm. deep in mm-hmm. like and the sad thing is is these little instances these little blips that happen every few years there's always this bad yeah. apple that just comes out they claim they're muslim they do this bad horrific act and then the whole world that is muslim mm-hmm. has to now cope with the aftershocks Mm -hmm. like that's literally what it feels like isn't it it's like an earthquake happens someone does something really bad now the whole world hates muslims again and now we have to deal with the aftershocks of people staring at us people looking at us twice people thinking that we're you know whatever and it's scary Mm -hmm. it's very scary it demeans the whole purpose of freedom Mm -hmm. when you're marginalizing a people based upon the actions of a few Mm -hmm. like what is the percentage of of muslims who commit these acts Mm -hmm. like is it any more than the percentage of white people that commit a violent offense Mm -hmm. 
You know no, I mean? probably not even close. Honestly, right? yeah, it's I'm just not. Using, I'm just using white because the, obviously yeah. what's taking place. Well, is no, in just France think. And... Just think about Canada and crime rates in Canada in yeah. general. How many are of them are Muslim? Like probably like, yeah, point something. Well, percent. I mean, I'm not. I'm drawing off my own head. Well, but yeah, obviously. but if we're now, but see, that's where it gets hazy because if you have somebody gangbang in downtown and shoot somebody or get shot or whatever. We don't consider that a religious thing, mm-hmm. but when these crazy things happen, it's like that's you a religious thing. You have thing. to blame the religion. But we have to blame you the have religion. Have to blame for the that. religion. Yeah. Well, why can't that crazy guy who's shooting people yeah. downtown? Yeah. Can't blame his religion. Drugs, we can't blame him, but we can blame this guy because he's doing it in the name of. Mm-hmm. And that again comes down to, to us as Muslims being able to speak out and tell people like I, for me I, i'm not gonna apologize for what that person did it's again it's a horrific act and it has no place within our faith so i'm not going to apologize for him i think that's between him and god mm-hmm. um but what i can do is speak up to the rest of the world and tell people like this has nothing this is, to do with us yeah this yeah nothing to do with our faith nothing to do with our prophet nothing to do with god almighty um and do your research yeah do your research, speak to real Muslims that are actually practicing Islam every single day, and you'll quickly come to find that their whole life is centered around worship, mm-hmm. literally. Which, ha- from which the time does not we wake involve up. killing people, no, by the way. No, no. You wake up in the morning, you pray. You go about, you, you have your breakfast, you go to work, you pray. You come back, you have a snack, you pray. Yeah, the time, <laughs> you feed oh, your children some dinner, you pray. We're gonna fast. Five times a day, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to fast for the month of Ramadan. Oh, it's time for Eid al-Adha, so we're going to, to sacrifice an animal and distribute its meat to the poor people. Yeah. Um, Our whole life is centered around worship. For sure. It just doesn't have a place for this extremism or these these tragedy, tragic mm-hmm. events. So well, just look at, look at Dave Chappelle, right? It was on the, the mm-hmm. whatever his name is, Letterman show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how did he become Muslim when he was 17, when he was mm-hmm. growing up? He just the, he the went local to a restaurant. pizza shop across the street. Yeah. The character of the Muslims there was like, wow. Like these like people, these people are, are so cool. Nice. Yeah. Like and then he later looked into it and became Muslim. Yeah. It's so inspiring. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's that's how we have to think about how we we need to portray ourselves as for Muslims. Sure. For sure. Muslims need to be able to stand up. And when they hear someone saying negative things, they need to stand up and correct them. Mm-hmm. Because these things, and, and, and that's the crazy part, is like people say, well, they're doing it out of love for the prophet, peace be upon him. Well, the prophet's saying, if you do something like this, I want nothing to do with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with you. So you have to think about this logically from everybody's perspective, right? Yeah, and, and I think that we as a human race, right, we can never progress and move forward until we accept that atheists are going to exist, that Muslims are going to exist, that Christians and Jews and all these different people uh, are going to exist. So how can we live in society peacefully together? Well, we've been doing it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like she said in the beginning, that if the end goal of Islam was to just convert the whole world and kill everybody or whatever, like there's 2 billion Muslims in the world. like you That would have happened a long time yeah, ago. But I that's mean, obviously not the goal of Islam. It's completely illogical. Mm-hmm. Like countries like Indonesia, uh, these places, how do they become the world's largest mm-hmm. Muslim countries? No mm-hmm. Muslim army went and conquered them. And you can still go in those countries, the largest countries that are Muslim, and you'll find Hindu temples, yeah. you'll find Buddhist temples, you'll find churches, and they're. And the thing is, is most you should speak on this, but most people don't know that Muslims, um, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, 
one of the pacts, I guess you could say, that he brought was to protect the places of worship for the Christians, to protect the Jews, to protect them and allow them to worship in their own way. There was no compulsion at all. He never forced them to become Muslim. In fact, he explained to the Muslims and taught the Muslims that it is your duty to to, to, be to be kind to them Spread and let salam. them, yeah, and let them worship mm-hmm. how they want to worship. And what she's referring to is well, one in particular um, was the treaty that was signed, and it still exists in one of the churches where a, a, a group of, of Christians came looking for help from the Prophet, peace be upon him. And it, it basically, you can look it up online, um, but it's a long peace treaty in which essentially the Prophet, peace be upon him, said that no places of worship shall be abused, that your your religious leaders shall not be taxed, that your organizations shall not be taxed, that this peace treaty, that if you go to war, that we will go and fight on your behalf, that like we got you, right? And that he said that this protection, it starts now, and that it will end on the day of Qiyamah, the day of judgment. It, it is, end of times. It is the end of, it's forever, mm-hmm. forever. Um, and this is why you see in, in Muslim countries, uh, like Iraq, for example, mm-hmm. Christians have existed forever. Mm-hmm. In Egypt, Christians Same in have Saudi existed Arabia. for everywhere. Same in Saudi Arabia. They, they've existed for everywhere. a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and under the protection of the Muslims. Mm-hmm. And you can't complain and say, well, yeah, but they have a jizya, that, which is a tax. Yeah, they have to pay a tax, just like the Muslims have to pay taxes, right? Just and like we pay taxes in Canada. For sure. Everybody pays taxes. <laughs> and tra- you know what? Traditionally, it's been lower than the taxes of the Muslims. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay, so you have to pay tax to live in a society. Well, guess what? Is there a country where you don't? Because maybe we'll move there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there's one that doesn't have income tax, that'd be great. Yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So I think, yeah, I mean, there's, there's obviously there's so many facets to this entire story mm-hmm. that... You can't just expect people to not hate others. You can't expect that you're going if you light a fire, right? And people need to understand the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, that we love him more than we love ourselves. Um, and if you look into the religion of Islam, we don't have time for that on this podcast. Obviously, it's not what it's about. But that we love him more than ourselves. So if you're if you're doing something as a government to incite hatred in such a way like the French people, like the French government is doing, that you have to expect some type of repercussion. And then you see it with the boycott of French goods all Mm -hmm. over the world. All over the Arab countries are pulling France-made products or French-made products from their shelves. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that the French government is begging them not to. Because it's it's made such an impact on the economy. But you know what? That is a form of peaceful protest, and they have every right to do that because it's Mm -hmm. going to send a loud and clear message that we don't, tolerate islamophobia and we don't tolerate that kind of hate speech yeah and it but the part that i mean it's a double double edged sword because it's the people who usually suffer the most from an uh, um, an economic boycott Mm -hmm. which is what's happening right now Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day you know what you have a government and you have the ability to take care of your people so that's why the government needs to smarten up and change their policies freedom is freedom either everybody's free or nobody's free yep not not half of the people or not a quarter, you know? Yeah, a marginalized group of people can't be free, mm-hmm. but the other people can be free. Yeah, exactly. Double standards. Yeah. Again, very two-faced. <laughs> In this particular instance, absolutely. All right, so we've shared our views on Islamophobia, extremism, terrorism. You guys kind of understand where we're coming from. Me being born Muslim, having experienced it firsthand. I didn't even share all the stories, by the way. There are there are some many other stories, but you kind of get the gist of it. It is very impactful. It's very hurtful. 
um, especially for young children that don't understand what any of it means. You know, us for us, at least I grew up in 9-11 that time period when this stuff started going down. So I understand where that kind of grew. But at the same time, we want to protect our future generations and we want to protect their feelings and we want to protect them from this kind of hatred. So going forward, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not Muslim, please share this message, spread this message, because people need to hear it from our perspective as well. Mm-hmm. And especially for you, because you were not Muslim and you were one of those people that used to think Muslims were like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that it's important to spread that message that, look, if someone who was became Muslim at 23 years old, I know enough, certainly I know enough now to know that what we get is not the truth. I mean, how often are we getting the truth from a biased media outlet? Mm-hmm. That we have to do our own research. And if you do your own research, you will come to know and to understand and to appreciate that Muslims have been here forever, that they're productive members of society they're most of them are family people they're oriented very family oriented you know they're not uh, the practicing ones right don't look at the 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 people who are out partying and sleeping around and they all the muslims oh look at their grooming gangs and all the drug dealers no guys look at look at the uncles and the aunties that are struggling and and making a way for their family to raise them up and and you know moving from a war-torn country or something and to to better themselves and better their family and their future generations the guys that are working two three jobs for Mm -hmm. 20 years 30 years uh, to take care of their family though that's what a, a muslim is mm-hmm. the people who are peaceful the people who spread love the people who spread law-abiding peace. kind yeah. compassionate you know and muslims need to understand too that where, whatever country you live in you're required to follow the law of that land mm-hmm. so long as that law does not stop you from your Practicing. religious obligations yeah. to god um mm-hmm. so we need to come together as human beings to to appreciate each other appreciate our differences and work work together for a better world because mm-hmm. where we for our like, babies yeah where we're going now guys like it's it's going downhill yeah. fast yeah so and we need to remember the future generations we need to remember that our this world is going to be handed down to our children and if we don't want to hand down a war-torn yucky you know place where people just hate on each other and there's cancel culture and all of this nastiness mm-hmm. we want to hand down a world that is tolerant, is compassionate, is kind, is just, is, you know, all of those things that we wish the world would be. Yep. So I will leave you with the words of the wise Ozzy Osbourne. We need to learn how to love and forget how to hate. And Mm. it's literally just as simple as that. Yep. So thank you all so much for listening to us ramble on for what looks like almost 40 some odd minutes. (laughs) Um, Take care. And we look forward to speaking to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Well, if you've made it this far, you must be really bored. Like, do you seriously have nothing better to do than to listen to us talk? Haha, just kidding, guys. You know we love and appreciate every single one of you. And if you did enjoy this episode, why not subscribe for more Sally Family Nonsense? And if you really want to show us some love, drop a comment on whatever platform you use to stream podcasts. Even if it's just one word, it goes a long way. Thank you so much for being a part of this Sally family of ours. Stay tuned for new episodes airing every single Monday. We'll chat again soon.